Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you. We honor you this evening. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, that you are truly, truly worthy to be praised. We thank you for the insight, revelation, and wisdom, and understanding that only comes from your word. We're dependent upon you. We thank you, Lord God, that there's none like unto you in all the earth. We're asking you to have your way tonight in us. Speak to our hearts from your word. And Father, we know that as we take this time to worship you and honor you, we bless you, we glorify you, we magnify you, and we thank you that when we do that, Father God, your presence, your aroma just fills the room. Let's do this. Let's just worship him. Let's just worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We glorify you. You're worthy to be praised. Father, we bless you, Lord. We lift you up and magnify you. We thank you, Lord, that there's none like it unto you. Thank you, Lord, for the greater one living on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Worthy, 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 worthy. Mighty, majestic, mighty, majestic. Hallelujah. Worshiping you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God taking hold with us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. We magnify you. We bless you and praise you and worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, you are welcome in this place. You are always welcome. Lord God, we posture ourselves this evening to receive from you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, we lift our voices up to you, Lord God. We thank you that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. Father, we thank you adding strength and insight. We thank you, Lord God, as we press in. We thank you, Lord God, as we worship you. We thank you, Lord God, as we bless you. We worship you, Lord God. We honor you. We glorify, magnify, hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Glory, 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 glory. Mm, my, 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 my. Oh, we bless you. We bless you, Lord God, mighty one, mighty God, Savior, Jesus of the world. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 we bless you. Glorify, magnify, worthy, 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 worthy as the Lamb. Lord, you are so good to us. Oh, we come before you, Lord God, your presence with boldness and confidence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us. And thank you, Father God, for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. We have so much to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you and adore you this evening. We thank you, Lord, that there's none other like unto you. There's no one that can compare unto you. We love you. And we are so dependent upon you tonight. Oh, we bless you. Hallelujah. Magnify you, Lord. We choose to magnify you, not the problem. We choose to magnify you. Hallelujah. You are great. You are great, and you are greater than any situation. Mighty, 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 mighty God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so, Father, we just wanted to just spend some time honoring you and blessing you and worshiping you to let you know, Father, we love you. We adore you and we thank you. We realize, Father, in ourselves that we have nothing, we can do nothing, and that we are nothing, that we are so dependent upon you. We are so thankful for you. Oh, Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord God, for your wisdom, insight, and revelation tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get right into our session. We're going to begin, I believe, if we turn together, where a place where I, we picked up. We kind of left off in some of these areas, but, but um, chapter 6. Let's turn to chapter 6. And in turning to chapter 6, I do want you to also turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 3, this is one of my favorite verses. How many have several favorite verses? You know, when you get this going and saying, that's my favorite verse, then all of a sudden, that's my favorite verse, you know? So I'm saying, this is one of my favorite verses, but I want us to look at this together. I believe it'll minister to you, and this will open up our eyes to help us to see really where our focus should be. And really, when you think about the believer's authority, or the authority of the believer, our whole intention when, as studying this is for us to get to see and to open up our, the eyes of our understanding of who we are and what belongs to us. Now, how many have gotten that out so far? You've, you've received that even from studying, or you have received that maybe in the past, you know, as we gleaned from studying this material on the believer's authority. How many understand that man to exercise our authority is where we're living in that place of authority, recognizing who we are? How many understand that? See, and that's, that's what happens in the believer's authority. So our desire is like, Lord, help us elevate us, help us to see, to see higher, help us to, to grow, help us to walk in truth. And that's what we want to talk about this, the rest of our time. Well, we'll have this session and perhaps maybe next time. But the believer's authority is the key, I believe, in understanding what belongs to you in the kingdom. Say, belongs to me. In the kingdom. And that's in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. So, so what I want to do is have you read this, and because it's, it's helping us, and of course, the, the, really it says right over uh, verse 1, the caption above chapter 3 says, not carnality, but Christ. So 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. This is what it says in the New King James. If, if then you were raised with Christ, remember now we're talking about being raised with Christ, elevated with Christ. How many remember that's what we've been talking about, right? So it says, if then you were raised with Christ, notice, seek those things which are above. And then it goes on and says, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Sounds familiar? Sure. And then it goes on and says this, set your mind. I think the Amplified may say and keep it set, but set your mind, or some translation does, says set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Why? For you, are, for you died. Say, I died. Come on. It says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Ooh, I like that. So let's hear a different translation, please, of verses 1, 2, and 3. Someone go ahead and read it nice and loud and bold and strong for us. Go right ahead. Wow, man, 
if, if we have not heard, and we're going to hear some more, but this scripture also in detail talks about, shows us, reveals to us our position. Listen, spiritually, we are positioned right now with Christ. Where is Christ? He is seated on the right hand of the Father. And in that place of what? Authority. And so, therefore, we're in Christ, and Christ is in us. Guess what? You have authority right now. You have authority right now. So someone tell me, um, someone uh, read, we had what? God's Word, New Living Translation. Someone else. We had New King James. Anyone else? One more. One more, two more. I just want to hear from, from a few more translations. Mm-hmm. So you see what, and I like what it says in NIV. Notice, now, in the King James, it says if, but I like it says since. So in other words, it's revelation letting us know what has already happened. Then it's saying, now, since you have, or since it says, then you were raised, then this is, it goes on and talks about the things we should be seeking. <laughs> I like that. Isn't that good? All right, let's talk about this. Now let's talk about, let's talk about this from our perspective, your authority as a believer where you are right now because you see we have to see ourselves in him and positionally where we are and then knowing first of all that we have authority in the name of Jesus and then exercising that authority so let's look at this together what does this mean to you anyone let's let's kind of you know you can summarize what we've talked about even up until this time even you know up until today the things you have gathered the things you have learned but what stands out in these three verses anyone of course, not all at one time. I know you're thinking, like, man, what really stands out? This stands out. And you say, okay, I hope I get a chance to share. All right, you got it. You got it right there. All right, who wants to share? Man, you guys are a lively bunch. Go ahead. It's, it's, uh, for me, it says that Praise God. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you. That's great. I love it. Anybody else want to share anything? Y'all are so excited. Okay, can I share something then? You yeah. know? All right. Verse 3 is so cool. And the reason why I like verse 3, it kind of summarizes, it says, for you died, and guess what? Your life is hidden with Christ in God. This revelation is what the enemy does not want you to know, that your life is hidden. What does it say? Verse 3, it's hidden. Listen, your life is hidden with Christ, but notice it's in God. This new life that you have right now, it's not something that, listen, that we do on our own. It's not that we're living and been left alone to do our own thing. It is in God. Listen, Christ in God. And what happens is when you know this, when you really understand who you are in Christ, you always will, listen, will triumph. You always will overcome. That doesn't mean you won't have tests and trials. But you understand, wait a minute, hold it. Listen, this is where I'm seated, far above far above this so therefore my perspective guess what changes the thing is not so big the issues are not so enormous that it's like how am I ever going to get this done or taken care of your whole vision has changed it's because now you understand who you are and then it goes on and says this here my life is hidden with Christ in God so therefore when you start and I start standing up and we start using the word and then the enemy is like oh there they go again there they go again, using the word. And so, and listen, he has to obey in Jesus' name. He has to go. We know our authority. What would have happened in the garden if Adam used his authority? Wow. Uh-oh, we still be in the garden. There'll be some other things, too, that still be going on, but we don't imagine those things. So I'm just saying, but we still be in the garden, right? What are you laughing for? Okay, anyways, where your mind going? 
I'm the, yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, anyways. So all I'm saying is, what's a Cindy moment? Okay. But listen, you have the, the authority. Now, here's the thing, though. Now, let me say this to you, though. But what has happened? But what happened? See, I said that real quick, and I kind of flew that under the radar. Because actually, what happened when the second Adam came? What did he restore back unto us? Our place, our authority. Now, even though we may not be in the garden physically, operating with the authority that Adam had, but spiritually, we have that authority. Are you listening to me? We have it. You have it. And therefore, you don't have to allow. You don't have to allow the enemy to just, just run crazy in your life. You don't have to allow sickness. You don't have to allow lack. You don't even have to allow people. You don't have to allow anything because you know who you are in Christ. You know what belongs to you. Yeah, there's challenges, but you know what? You get into the word and you find out what the word says, and then it's not only enough to know it. Man, we've always teach. Listen, you know, I can study the word. I can hear the word. I can gain all kinds of knowledge. But knowledge doesn't do me any good unless it's what? We've always said we have to do what with it? We have to apply it. Now, it has to be in here. You're right. It has to be in here. But I have to apply it. Well, I can know all about authority. But guess what? Authority is not going to do me any good unless I exercise my authority. Exercise it. You say, man, that person has a lot of authority. It's just like in the natural. If we see an officer... Okay, officer has been deputized, officer has, has been equipped, and he could have guns, could have all kinds of things, got his uniform on, and there could be a crime being committed. But let me tell you something, unless that officer exercises his authority or her authority, nothing's going to be dealt with in that situation. Can walk right by. Sometimes I wonder when people are speeding, it's going by, acting crazy. I look around, where is the police at? You know? But if the police was there, guess what they would do? Lights would go on. They exercise their authority, pull them over. Am I right? See? So, so what I'm saying is, is you have authority, but now you have to get to the point where you start exercising your authority. You start walking. We, I believe the body of Christ has been taught well. We have been taught well. Places where we're kind of missing it is that we don't take the next step and we're not applying what we've been taught. And therefore what happens, we put up with a lot of stuff. Hmm. We do. We go, oh, well, that's not so bad. But hold on, is that God's plan? See? Just think about things, even things that are negative. Sometimes we condition ourselves to go, well, I can put up with that. But Jesus already dealt with it so that we don't have to put up with it. But now it becomes how full of faith are we and how fully persuaded are we to say no and then how much faith do we have to see and expect things to change? Whoa. So maybe perhaps why some people don't, in the body of Christ don't exercise their authority because maybe they don't expect things to change. And so therefore they go, well, I'm not going to waste my time. Now I know that sounds really bad, but I tell you what, for a lot of people that's true. Why? Because they do not understand who they are in Christ or how to exercise their authority. Well, I said all that for us to go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. We are talking about being seated. I want you to see yourself as being risen with Christ. Being risen with Christ. Say, I'm risen with Christ. 
And we find ourselves in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15 through 20. And we're going to see here that Paul, and you can, you can tell that it's similar to what he shared with the church in Ephesus. And you see this on page, in page 51 in your book, if you follow along. But in the book of Colossians, reading right from the top, Paul is writing to the church in, Col in Colossae, where it says he uses slightly different words. And we're going to see, as we read these uh, scriptures, slightly different words. And he says the same things that he has said to, to the Ephesians about, guess what? God's plan of redemption. Say, I'm redeemed. Now, notice this. This is in verse 15 through 20. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read this out of the New King James. And I know in the book it has King James, but, but it's going to really bless you. Verse 15. If you found verse 15, say, praise the Lord. Now, it says this here, 15 through 20. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thorns, come on, or dominions, notice, or principalities, or what? Powers, say all. All things were created through him, and who, and what? For him. All right, say through him, and for him. Now notice, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Who was, who was he talking about? Jesus, wow. Then it goes on and says in 18, and he is the head of the body. The church. Let me read this again. Now notice, let's back up. Everything that Paul said prior to this, and then he lays upon us, he's the head of the body, the church. Who's the church? We are. He's our head. And how many of you know that when you go somewhere, that the body can't go without the head, and the head doesn't go without the body? Works together. All right? So then it goes on and says this. Then uh, notice, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the, first for, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Do you see that? 19. For it pleased the Father that in him who, in Christ, all the fullness should dwell. Wow. So I want you to first see this, that in Christ, all the fullness. This is really good because it's going to start pulling us in here. It says all the, say fullness. All the fullness should dwell. 20 says, and by, listen, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So we see here that this, that is talking about, the redemption, what belongs to us, that, that he strengthens us, he gives us patience. Listen, it helps us, he help, wants us to grow. How many said, I have peace? You have peace through the blood, the blood of his cross. But notice, everything that, that Jesus is, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And guess what? Christ is in you and you're in Christ. All of that. It's, it's, it's amazing to go, Man, what, what is my authority? I mean, Brother Hagen, as we're reading this book, he says, you know what? Sometimes I had to just stop and think. What is my authority? What really belongs to me? What can I really exercise? And start walking in that and start declaring. Because when you declare and you speak the word, you are, you are making a decree. Say decree. You're making a decree. You're saying what belongs to you. That Jesus completed when he died on the cross to present to you to present to you. So it's yours. Say it's mine. Now what's yours right now? What would you say belongs to you right now? 
Good health. All right, what else? Salvation belongs to you right now, okay? What else? Just tell me some things. Just anything that comes to you. Peace is mine right now, okay? Prosperity. Do we really believe these things that we're saying? Yeah, it belongs to us right now. And why? Why does it belong to us? Died on the cross for us. Not only did he die on the cross, let's keep going. He rose again. Okay. All right. Keep going. All right. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. For us, keep going. Give me some more because we've got to pull ourselves in. Took the keys from the devil. Okay. Now, where are we, though? Ah, wait a minute. And, and, and when you think about Christ, I think what happens is a disconnect sometimes. We think about, wow, man, look at what Christ did, and look at who he is, and it's wonderful. It's exciting. And, but what happens sometimes we forget about that we're in Christ, and Christ is in us, and we're seated with him in heavenly places, and he's given us the authority to use his name. You have authority over the devil. You have authority. You and I, we're walking upon this earth. And as we're walking upon this earth, and as we use the word of God, and we use the name of Jesus, listen, anytime, any situation, circumstances rises up, when we use the word of God, things have to change. Why? Because we have authority. It's not our own authority. And I think maybe sometimes that's where we miss it. Well, what can I do? Who am I? But I will tell you that it's not what you can do alone. It's what you can do and what I can do in Christ, in Christ in us. So if Christ is, and as we, as we summarized here, he's the head of the body, and you and I are the body of Christ, then guess what? Where we go, Jesus goes. That's wonderful. Everywhere you go. And you know what? We work together. So the head, and this is what really trips people out. Even though Jesus, as we know, he is the head of the body, do you know what? He needs us, and we need him. Because that's the way the Father set it up. That's the way the body of Christ is set up. And so, therefore, remember we told you at times when you're talking about and dealing and exercising your authority over the enemy, and then you would step back and say, how come God won't just take care of that? You know why? Because he's given you authority to take care of it. He's deputized you to take care of it in the name of Jesus. And some people say, well, I guess God, I mean, they can say all kinds of things. I guess God doesn't care about me. God doesn't love me. How come God didn't do this? How come God didn't do that? How come Jesus didn't step in and do that if he's all-powerful? Have you ever heard these things before? Sure. But you know what? Just standing there, and if you ask him, and he would say, listen, it's not that I won't. I can't. It's not that he can't because he doesn't want to. It's because he's given that authority to who? You and me. We have to start to learn. We have to start learning to exercise our authority. Say, exercise my authority. This is, this is so important. So let's continue. Let's go over and look at chapter 2, the second chapter, and we're going to look at Colossians 2, 12 through 15. We're going to see some more revelation that, uh, that Paul gives us similar to what he gave to, of course, the church here in Ephesus, as we just read. But it says in Colossians chapter 2, we're just going to look at a few verses, verse 12. When you find that, if you found that, say praise the Lord. Now, verse 12 says this, and I really like it because it really stands out and it blesses you as it, re as it reads. And, of course, I have a new King James. Notice, now, notice what it says. This is talking about positionally again. This is why it's so cool. It says here in verse 12, buried with him in baptism, 
in which you were, notice what he's saying, you also were raised with him, notice, through faith. Say through faith. This is important. And, and the working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13. And you, say me. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Do you see that? Say, say together. And we cannot miss this. We have been made alive together with Christ. Then it goes on and says this with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Praise God. Verse 14, he's wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us or that was against you. Man, this is wonderful. You think about it. And then it goes on and says this, which was contrary to us. And notice this, he has taken it out of the way. What did he do with it? He nailed it to the cross. Glory to God. Verse 15, and having disarmed, now this is what I want us to see. This is so important. Having disarmed, who disarmed? Jesus. Notice, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, this is so important for us to see. Why is this verse so important? Tell me why you think 15 really stands out to us. Now, think about who we are. Think about our position in Christ. Why does this verse stand out and is so significant? Anyone? Verse 15. That's right. I want, that's very good because I want you to see what Jesus did. He didn't just do it for himself. What he did, he did it for you. What Jesus did, he did it for the body of Christ. What Jesus did, he did it for believers. And when we begin to understand this, that when he disarmed, say disarmed. Notice this. It says right here that when he disarmed principalities and powers and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, what happens is this. He has given us authority in his name over principalities and powers because he disarmed them what does disarm mean we said before i mean has stripped them who's got a different translation read that for us verse 15 let us know what yours says he, he disarmed them stripped them we read this before someone else read it please whatever mm -hmm. so let's talk about keys of authority miss janet you 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 quoted this let's go to revelation chapter 1 verse 18 keys of authority how many have keys right now you have keys. You have your own physical keys, right? What do those keys give you access to? Your, okay, your car, your apartment, what else? Building to your job. Wow, that's authority, isn't it? Especially when you can get in and out of a place that doesn't belong to you, right? That means they've given you authority. They've given you access. Now, here's what I want you to understand that you and I have been given authority, we have been given access to the kingdom of God. This is huge. And it's in the name of Jesus that we've been given this, you see? And when we understand that, so therefore when we come in and we go out, when we worship and when we praise God, when we spend time, we can come boldly before the very throne of God. We have given access in the name of Jesus. See, when we pray, you and I have authority. In other words, Jesus has given us that right. Say that right. That's, right. That's what I want you to see. So Revelations 1.18. Someone read that for us nice and loud, please. Let us know what translation you have. Authority. Who has amplified? 
Anybody? If not, someone will get to it. That will be awesome. I want to hear that as we continue to go on. Keys, listen, belong to the authorized one. That's why I asked you, what kind of keys do you have? Keys belong to the authorized one. You are authorized. Keys to this building. If you have a keys to this building, you've been authorized, given a key to come in and out of this building. Well, in your home, you have keys. If you've given someone, how many have given someone a key? You've got a spare key to different things, okay? And how many have given keys to other people, your family? And all that? Okay, so guess what? Then you have authorized them to come in and out. If you've given someone a spare key to your vehicle, guess what? You have authorized them, right? Given them authority to use your vehicle, all right? What are some other things? Let's, let's bring it home spiritually. Keys belong to the authorized one. So he has, listen, he has given you authority. We have keys to the kingdom. We have access. Are you authorized? Yes. How are you authorized? And when were you authorized? I know you know this. Go ahead. It's not a secret. When you accepted Jesus, right? Okay. And then you begin to understand now. Now, now you know, how come, what's the difference between those who have accepted Jesus, but yet they don't know the authority? What's the difference? And never use them. See, well, I'll have access now. I'm born again. But if I know nothing about my authority. Yeah. Like, what is this for? You see? So this is why, let me tell you, this is why there are those who live their entire life born again and never getting to the place spiritually that God has destined for them because they do not understand their authority in Christ and who they are, what's been given to them, and walk around defeated, living defeated lives. Wow. So it's just not enough, but see, that gives us access, right? Faith, because in order to get born and become born again, you have to have faith, right? Faith gives us access. Say access. So once we enter his grace, and, 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 and the Bible talks about that faith gives us access into his grace so that now we become born again. But now we have to do something with that. Once we get into the kingdom, I have to begin to understand and study what belongs to me in the kingdom. If I don't know what belongs to me in the kingdom, then I don't know what I have. It's just like in your home. Well, if you locked up your refrigerator and you have kids and they say, well, I'm hungry. But I can tell you what, you know, you put a padlock or you put a key lock on there, you don't give them the key to get into that refrigerator, are they going to eat anything? Why is that? Because they don't have the authority. They don't have access and authority to get it. But if they say, of course, you wouldn't lock, you wouldn't put a lock on your refrigerator, would you? Of course not. Okay, but I'm just saying, as an illustration, you wouldn't do that. I hope not. Okay, but anyways, what I'm saying is you're giving that individual access. You're giving those individuals access. That's what happens. That's what Jesus did for you and I, to give us access into the kingdom. So I like to say it this way. Everything in the kingdom of God belongs to me. Man, that's huge. Think about right now what's in the kingdom of God. And you can just imagine what belongs in the kingdom belongs to me. Wow, what Jesus did on the cross, and when he defeated the devil, he did it for me. And because I'm in him, and he's in me, now I begin to understand that I'm not just a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror. 
And it's not through myself. It's through who? It's through Christ and what he did and everything that he did. So that's why we have to understand what's in the kingdom of God. Well, you've said it. You know, we, can, we know what's not in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we can tell what's in it by knowing what's not in it. All right? Okay? So I'm going to ask you again, since you have authority, you have access to the things that are in the kingdom of God, what's in the kingdom of God? Give me some more. Things that are in the kingdom. We said peace, joy, fruits of the spirit. Okay? What else is in the kingdom? What has been provided for us? When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just forgive us of our sins, did he? Is there more? Yeah. Healing. Okay? He's provided so much. Go ahead. Prosperity. So I'm, the, reason why I'm, the reason why I'm repeating this over and over again, because I want you to see what, and I want you to hear and get it in your spirit, what belongs to you. So anytime these circumstances or situations come up against you, you have authority over those things. We don't have to back up and live a defeated life anymore. We say, no, wait a minute. If that's not, listen, that's not in the kingdom, that doesn't belong to me. I want what's in the kingdom. Sickness is not in the kingdom. Guess what? Doesn't belong to me. Poverty is not in the kingdom. It does not belong to me. See, that's why I tell you when we talk to and you start listening to, some people I, I, I don't know. They just flip out because they don't know their Bible. But when they get on people like Kenneth Copeland and, and, you know, and I understand people have their views and stuff about when they hear him teaching about prosperity and all these other ministers, and we can go on and on and name a whole bunch of people. But, but they get upset. Some get upset, and, and, and they really get twisted. And because, you know, a lot of them do because they don't understand what belongs to them in the kingdom of God. They don't understand their authority. They don't know how to declare. Don't know how to walk in what belongs to them. So anytime they start talking about prosperity, all right, come on now, or they start talking about reaching the world and how we're going to reach the world and what it takes to reach the world, some people flip out, disconnect. They don't take all that. Well, wait a minute. Well, see, we don't, we're not living in their shoes. We don't, listen, we haven't been given the vision, the mandate that they've been given, so they're doing what God has called them to do. And when you understand what belongs to you, how God is already not going to, but he's already made provision for you and for them, they're walking in it, and they can get up and joyfully declare, God has met all my needs. When? Already. And half of the time what happens is believers are going into believing God for something like we're trying to convince him to do something for us when he already did. So now the question is, since he already did, I need to learn how to appropriate what belongs to me. And I appropriate it by understanding my authority. I receive it by what Christ did, what Jesus Christ did, not because of what I did. I receive it because now I'm seated with him. You see, you're seated with him right where he's at, at the right hand of the Father. So therefore, therefore, what Jesus brought to you when he died on the cross, rose again, Seated at the right hand of the Father, what he brought to us belongs to you. Now the question is, how do you receive it? Two things. By faith, understanding what belongs to you, your authority. So I will tell you, yep, yep, the enemy will come and he'll challenge you. And he'll say, you can't do this, you can't do that. And man, he'll try to cause strife. He'll try to cause everything. 
But you go, no, nope, I have authority in Jesus' name. And that's, you know, and you begin to find scriptures and you speak against that. You, you begin to put those things under your feet because that's what the Bible declares and tells you to do. Can you say amen to that? All right. Now let's go on. Come out authority. So we read Revelations 118. Now what I want you to do is go down to, we already read, go back to Colossians 215. And this is on page 53. Now this is after. So I want you to see, after stripping the demonic powers of the authority that, that's been theirs, he made a show of them openly. Remember we read that? Triumphing over them in it. And this statement refers to the fact, as I want you to see on page 53. It, it, it refers to the fact, on the bottom, to the fact that Christ was elevated above his enemies. Glory to God. Do you know what? You're seated with Christ. So if Christ is elevated above his enemies, guess what? You are also elevated above your enemies. You're elevated above them. That's where, that's where God sees us right now. And what we have to do, it goes back to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. Right? Since or if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on the earth. Why? For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So that's where we are right now. So let's continue. It says here, but Christ was elevated above his enemies. Guess what? We're elevated above our enemies. And then it says, to the right hand of the Father, a subject that Paul writes about in the book of Ephesians. Isn't that right? Okay. So let's go on. How do we carry this out? I'm right now, I'm, now I'm in probably the second paragraph on page 54. We're going to finish up here, and then we're going, to, we're going to quit for tonight. It says, notice this. This is precisely where the church world as a whole has failed. Man, let's talk about this. Where has the church world as a whole failed? Because it says in the beginning, in Ephesians, do you see that? It says, we also saw that the sun is seated above these powers and has authority, uh, listen, of the throne of God. It says, but this is precisely where the church world has failed. It says, it has understood that Jesus Christ is the supreme head of the church, but it has failed to understand that the head is totally dependent on the body for carrying out his plans. Glory to God. That we're, listen, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that his exercise and authority over the power of the air has to be through who? Has to be through you. Do you know he cannot exercise authority alone? He needs us. Wow. It's like, wow, Lord, you need me. He needs the body. He needs all of us. Let's read this again. This is, so, this is where we miss it. Let me read this part again, okay? It says this. But this is precisely where the church world as a whole has failed. Listen, it has understood, yes, that Jesus Christ is the supreme head of the church, but it has failed to understand that the head is totally dependent on the body for carrying out his plans that we are seated, we say we, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that his exercising authority, his exercising authority over the power of the air has to be through the body, has to be through you. It has to be through you. It has to be through you. It has to be through me. He is the head. He has given us the authority. Think about what Jesus did when he walked upon the earth. Miracles and all these different things taking place. 
Guess what? We're the body of Christ. And should not these things also be today? Wow. So we have authority. Say, I have authority. Now, this is, now you've always heard me say this, Matthew 18, 18. So I want you to, I want to hear the different translations on this. Because this is, this is really so powerful. And that's why, I mean, I always quote it, and I believe that, that the, it's about binding and loosing. It's about agreement. It's about what, what we have authority. This talks about authority. So Matthew chapter 18, let's go there. 18, verse 18. And now, as we continue to read, it says, we can understand as never before what Jesus meant when he said. Because we can understand this. Listen, I'm going to read this, and I want you to read yours. Whatsoever you shall bind. Hold on. Is he, telling, is he saying that Jesus shall bind? Oh, wait a minute. Who's going to do the binding? Who? Because you're the body. We're the body. See ourselves as the body of Christ now. So it says here, whatsoever ye or you shall bind on the earth shall what? Be bound in heaven. Do you see that? Who's doing the binding? We are. Then it says, and whatsoever you shall loose on the earth, come on, shall be loosed in heaven. Do you see it? That Christ needs us. We need Christ. And he is the head of the body, but we are the body. And we're the ones to carry out this authority upon the earth in Jesus' name. So you have authority. So whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But notice the next sentence. It says, that's using his authority on the earth. Whose authority? His authority on the earth. Man, I love this. And so let's drop down. Let's drop down. And it says here, do you see where it says, when I began to study the subject, do you see that? Now, here's what I want you to see, and this is where we're going to stop. Notice this. He says, when I began to study the subject, I found that we do, it says, we do have authority. Thank God. I also found that heaven will back us up on it. I like that. On what we refuse. Oh, here it is. Heaven will back you up on what we refuse and what we allow. Wow. Wow. Wait a minute. Heaven is backing me up on what I refuse and what I allow. What am I refusing? And what am I allowing? Because heaven will back me up. Heaven will back you up. So are we living beneath where are we at today? Are we living beneath our privileges or our rights as believers, as the body of Christ? It's a great question. And not just us here tonight, but I'm talking about corporately as the body. And then notice that it says, it continues to read, we've allowed a lot of things. It says, but we just haven't exercised our authority. Wow. That's why things are as they are many times. We haven't done anything about the situation. You know why? Because we're waiting on God. We're waiting on God. And notice this. And he's waiting on us. Wow. And he won't do anything until we act. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. So we have to change our whole mindset and, and say, you know what? Instead of thinking and understanding that the things that the Lord has called us to do and we have authority over, he's waiting for us to act. 
And if we don't understand who we are, we're sitting here waiting for him to act. And guess what? Nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. And then they start thinking, what's wrong with God? What's up with God? Nothing. The question should be, what's up with us as the body? You see? Because he has given you and I authority. And he has given the body authority all over the world to exercise authority, to have a right to do, to extend. We are the extension. We are the body. And to carry on his work. And wherever we go. So the enemy sticks his head up. He's nothing. You know why? Because Jesus already defeated him. So he's not the problem. Think about it. If you have authority over someone, are they the problem? No. It's exercising our authority becomes the problem or not knowing what belongs to us. Wow. And many live a defeated life. And you know what? There's some of us, our lives are cut short. We, we complain, we, we gripe and complain. How come we don't have this? And how come we don't have that? How come we're not doing this and not doing that? And not realizing God. And sometimes some people even shake their fists at God. Oh, yeah. Upset, mad at God. And it's like God saying, when are they going to get it? When are they going to get it? That I've given them authority. That they have the authority. And I can't do anything until they act. He has, and I want to use the word, it's like, because when you use the word bound, but he has swore. If I can say this, you know, agreement by his word. In other words, what he has said he would do, he did it. He carried it out and he keeps his word. He's not going to go back on his word. So for him to go back on his word, he said he would have to, he would come in and say, I got this and just say, move out the way. He's not going to do that. You know what he does by the Holy Spirit? He gently nudges us. Come on, use your authority. I've given you authority. You step up. I'm going to back you up, but you get out there and do it. Man, that's awesome. I love it. So that's why we say the sky's the limit. You hear people say, that's why we say all things are possible. Come on. Right. Through God to those who believe. We say all things are possible. Excuse me. We say things like we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. You know what? That's the truth. That is a truth. It is. And we do it not alone. We do it with him backing us up. Oh, man, it's powerful. Authority. Say, I have authority. I have authority. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for reminding us again who we are and what we have. Lord, as the body of Christ, open up our eyes to see. Father, you're waiting on us to step out in faith. Thank you, Father, for the boldness. Thank you for the revelation. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for the understanding, oh God. But Lord, help us to see the areas in our lives where we're living beneath that we can rise up and walk in what you've already provided. Lord, open up our spiritual eyes so that we may learn to understand what belongs to us in the kingdom and that we have been given authority, keys, if you will, to come in, to go out. And Lord, you have given us the authority and have declared 
that whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever is loosed upon the earth is loosed in heaven. Wow. Thank you, Father, for this revelation. Thank you, Lord, for what, you, what you've given to the body of Christ. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name.